Okay, we are going to be spending the next uh, six weeks uh, looking at mission and what it looks like um, to live for the purposes of God. Um, this is going to be uh, coinciding with a six-week study that most of our life groups are starting in on um, today and going in through uh, the next six weeks. Um, so we'll be kind of spending time in the gathering here as well as time in our life groups uh, processing through these topics um, and, and talking through what it means to live for God's purposes. Uh, we have to understand what his purposes are, and then we have to understand what kind of practices and what, what kind of lifestyle we have to be able to live into those purposes. Um, and so I hope that you are in a life group. Um, if you are in one of the life groups that is going through this material, you need to make sure to get one of these for your group meeting to be able to follow through. Um, if you're not in a group uh, and you want to be, uh, talk to us, and we'd love to get you connected with one of the groups. Um, if you're in a group that's not doing this guide, uh, you can take one of these and just kind of go through it uh, for individual study and, and follow along. There's going to be uh, questions that you can discuss with yourself uh, and uh, discuss with others, um, but but we really want to spend um, some really focused time over the next several weeks going through uh, this material. And it, 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 through the small groups, it's going to be a series of conversations that, that are really trying to, to get us on the same page for discussing how our lives can live for the purposes of God, how we can shift our, our way of being into something more than just being a church member, but being an ambassador for Christ in the world around us. That it's not just about showing up to church. It's not just being about a church member. And so over the next six weeks, we're, we're looking at and exploring what a mission-shaped life will look like. What would that look like in our day-to-day -day lives? And so it'd be a great opportunity to discuss those. We're going to be spending time in our gatherings here this morning um, and each morning uh, over this time having these conversations. And so make sure you get one of these guides uh, for, for your group time. Also through these uh, next six weeks, instead of having a different passage every week, uh, we are going to be dwelling in on one specific passage every Sunday over this time. And so we're going to be focusing in our time on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 11 through the end of the chapter, if you want to start turning there. Um, if you don't have a Bible and need a Bible, um, there are some on the back tables there, and you're welcome to take those as a gift um, or take one to give to somebody else. Uh, we have a, a, a large supply of those, and we'll continue to have those, so, so use those and give those away. Um, oftentimes, we, we spend time going from week to week through different passages, or in the, in the uh, example of Jonah, uh, we would do just a few verses at a time working through it. Uh, but this time, we're just going to spend some time really focusing in on the same passage. And each week, we're going to read through it. Uh, we're going to read through it in our life groups as well and, and just dwell on this. And spending time together over the course of several weeks on the same passage will allow that to, to, to just sink deeper within us. And we will hear things that we haven't heard before, uh, things will hit us and catch our imagination in ways that we haven't before as we continue to focus in and go in, into depth into this passage. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then I want us to, to listen together to this passage from 2 Corinthians. And God, we, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time that you have placed us in. God, would you give us ears to hear these words of yours? 
God, would we hear and imagine what life is like in your kingdom? God, speak to us through these words. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our bodies as we, we live out this calling that you've placed on our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right minds, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them, but he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we, therefore, are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Hear the word of the Lord. And so we're just going to sit with this passage for several weeks, looking at different pieces of it, thinking about what, what it means to live into what Paul is talking about here. And so this morning we focus in on what it means to live as Christ's ambassadors. He says in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Oddly enough, ambassadors have been making it into the news a lot. <laughs> Typically, ambassadors are not part of the news. They like to stay away from uh, the political partisanship that occurs in Washington, but they are, are being drugged into the news uh, through impeachment hearings. Uh, 
And so everybody take a breath. That is as political as we will get today. We're not going any further with what's going on with the ambassadors. But we're hearing about ambassadors. What is it that ambassadors do? Ambassadors represent a country or, or represent a certain group of people to other groups of people. The reason ambassadors don't get involved in the, the political partisanship of political parties is because they're supposed to be representing the country as a whole on the international front. And so an ambassador takes with them this message, takes with them this way of being, takes with them this certain agenda to others, representing someone, representing a certain certain place. And so we think about what does it look like to have a job description that says ambassador of Christ? If we are Christ's ambassador, what, what does that job description look like? Who are you representing and, and what are you representing them to? And who is involved in doing that? A representative, uh, an ambassador is, is very similar to a missionary. A missionary is someone who is sent to a certain place to, to promote a particular belief among a, a different or foreign group. An ambassador acts as a representative of a country to another country or, or a group of people. And in both cases, a missionary and ambassador, these are people who are sent. They're sent to a, per, a particular place that requires a particular lifestyle that is appropriate to the role that they're in. A certain way of behaving, a certain way of representing the one who sent them. It requires making ideas of one group understandable to another group, oftentimes having to cross cultural barriers, language barriers, trying to get these ideas across. And so those sent to live as God's ambassadors carry with them God's mission to the world. And so to really wrap our mind about what it means to, to live as Christ's ambassador, we have to understand a couple of different things. One, we have to understand what is it that is the mission of God? What is it that we're representing? What is his agenda? What is his mission? And we need to understand that God is a, a sending God, that we in fact are sent as ambassadors to represent his mission. And so first of all, let's, let's talk a little bit about the mission of God. What is it that God is up to? When, when I say the word mission, there's lots of different things that probably come to mind. Uh, many of us have a variety of ideas that, 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 that are assumptions when we think about the church's mission. Maybe a more familiar term with us, for us is, is the word missions with an S. We think of missionary works of the church, either locally or globally. We, we think about sending missionaries or planting churches or, or going on mission trips or, or being in foreign countries. And, and the word missions brings to mind this thing that happens somewhere else with someone else. It doesn't always apply to ourselves. And so we send people on missions to do God's work. But another thing that comes to mind often is, is really not religious at all. The word mission brings to mind this purpose or this goal, something that is, is like a corporate mission statement, right? Or maybe it's a military mission. These are, there's a specific goal in mind. We have a mission statement 
So if we are a church on mission, whose mission is it? Is it a clever catchphrase? Is it something that's used for marketing? Is it something that's printed on the bottom of our bulletins? John Stott says, Mission arises from the heart of God himself and is communicated from his heart to ours. Mission is the global outreach of the global people of a global God. And so when we say mission, mission is different from missions. The singular mission is this broad thing. It's all-encompassing. It's, it's similar to saying something like science. Science is this generic concept that includes the challenge of discovery. It includes experimentation and explanation. It's a system of thinking. And so when we're talking about mission, we're talking about what God is doing and his purposes for the world as a whole. And the call that he gives each and every one of us to participate in that mission. To participate in his purposes. To participate in his agenda. Leonard Allen describes it this way. He says, God's mission in Scripture is the story of God's remaking of the world. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the crux, is the pivot point in this event. God's end time age of righteousness and justice has erupted, unleashing new creation, as we've just read about. God's mission is to make all things new, to offer people reconciliation both to the self and to their enemies, and to fashion creation as a place for human flourishing. Through the Spirit, we are enabled to participate in the cosmic missional project. And so it's not the church that has a mission. It's not the church that has a mission statement or a mission committee, or mission trips. But it is the mission of God that has a church carrying out that mission. And so we join with God in the restoration of all creation. We join in with, with what God is already doing, and will be successful at doing, in spite of ourselves. This is the mission that we, as Christ's ambassador, represent. So when we say ambassadors of Christ, that is what we represent. Not Montgomery Church of Christ, not the Church of Christ, not even the church. Certainly not a certain political ideology or a political party. We represent the mission of God. God making all things new. God bringing about new creation. This is what we're a part of. Something so much bigger than just this gathering of people sitting here. And so for us to understand what it means to be Christ's ambassador, we have to understand what the mission of God is, but then we also have to see that God is a sending God. God is intentionally sending others people, humans, to participate in his mission. One of the primary ways that God is carrying out his mission to bring restoration 
and reconciliation is to send representatives. God is a sending God. That, that throughout the story of Scripture, we see that God is sending in relation to his mission and to the mission of his people. The Old Testament has this whole arc to it of God sending to bring salvation and to bring revelation. We see the story of Joseph where in, in Genesis 45, three times Joseph says, God sent me. He's talking to his brothers who were just shocked to see him. He says, God sent me. God had a purpose. God wanted to save his people through me. And so he sent me. God sends because God saves. Even though Joseph was not a volunteer missionary, he did not sign up for this job. He didn't go through the training program that would send him into this place. He certainly was not old enough or prepared enough or equipped enough to serve God's purposes in the place that he was sent. Moses is another example. Moses, we see this story where, where God explicitly and, and quite dramatically sends Moses to go be a representative of him to Egypt, to be used for the deliverance of his people. Moses begged that he would send somebody else, right? Moses certainly does not feel qualified to speak in front of the people, to, to be a part of this plan, and so he begs God, send somebody else, and God says no. God sends Moses. He's not a superhero. He's, he's not a self-appointed leader. He doesn't have great ambitions for leadership. He's out in the wilderness raising sheep, trying to keep a low profile, and God sends him to accomplish his mission of salvation. In both cases of, of Joseph and Moses, we see that it wasn't Joseph and Moses that actually got the thing done. It was God at work. God's mission and God's power that will carry out the mission. He sends others to participate, but it certainly is not on those people to bring success. We continue to go through the Old Testament and we see the judges. We see men and women that are, are, are raised up to be sent as judges for the mission of God, to be a part of God's deliverance to Israel. We go through the prophets and see the story of the prophets. Not only does God send to bring about salvation and deliverance, he also sends to help to, to, send, to deliver a message for revelation, to speak on his behalf. This is often the task of an ambassador, right? An ambassador goes to, to deliver a message on behalf of the one that sent them. Moses not only was sent to deliver, but he was also sent to have this prophetic voice to communicate God's revelation. Moses was the model prophet that spoke on God's behalf. Isaiah is another one of these that's, that's sent with a message from God. His, his famous words in, in Isaiah chapter 6, six say, say, Here am I, send me. 
And, and we look at Isaiah as this great example of, of being a missionary willing to go, which is a complete misreading of the here am I, send me. Because what Isaiah is doing in that moment is he is experiencing the throne of God and the worship that we sang about. Angels coming around. Creatures that are terrifying, singing, holy, holy is the Lord. And in the presence of God, Isaiah falls to the ground, unworthy of the mission of God, unworthy of the glory of God. And so, so Isaiah is listening in on this worship service, this worship gathering of all worship gatherings at, in the presence of God, at the throne of God, and Isaiah is on the floor listening, overhearing what is going on. And what he hears is God talking about how he is in control, that he is the center, that he is on mission, and he needs somebody and is looking for somebody. He says, who should I send on this mission? And Isaiah is overhearing this great cosmic conversation about the mission of God, and, and he responds and says, I'm available. He says, I can go if you need me to. From a posture of complete humility on the ground. And he says, here am I, send me. He's participating in something much bigger than this strong prophet who says, here am I, send me. It's more like, uh, here am I, I guess send me. God sends Moses, God sends Isaiah to be his messenger. And it is not about the messenger it's not about the skill set of the messenger. It's not about the, the, the power of the messenger. It's not about the abilities of the messenger. He sends the messenger, and in both Moses and Isaiah, they are not at the center of the story. God's mission is at the center of the story. God is on the throne. He has an agenda, and he sends people to participate in the deliverance and message of that agenda. God sends. And then, of course, through the New Testament, we certainly see the sending activities of God. And we see, we see the sending activities of God in, in, in Father, in Son, and in Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity are involved in sending. The Father sends. Jesus didn't just arrive. Jesus was sent. He was sent by the Father to do the Father's will. Throughout the Gospel of John, we read approximately 40 times that Jesus was sent. Jesus is being sent. The coming of the Messiah, the coming of Christ, is no accident. It's the intentional sending of the Son by the Father. We look at Jesus, we look at the Son, we see that, that Jesus sends the Spirit with very specific missional tasks related to, to salvation, to deliverance, to revelation, to the message of God. 
And Jesus also sends his disciples. Twice during his ministry, he sends them out. And then after his resurrection, he, he, he issues the great commission to go and make disciples. The Father sends, the Son sends, and the Holy Spirit sends. It's the Holy Spirit that anoints Jesus for ministry in Luke chapter 4. It's the Spirit that leads Jesus throughout his ministry. And it is, the Lord, it is the Holy Spirit that sends the apostles, guiding their journeys, guiding their direction. And so the mission of God's people is not some external structure built by the church. It's not just a program of the church. It's not just a strategy that we use for church growth. Sending in mission is a participation in the life of God. Father, Son, and Spirit coming together to send, to be on mission. Mission is, is to be caught up in the sending and being sent by Father, Son, and Spirit. It continues to do that in the world today. The apostles continue this mission. The word apostle means sent ones, that they are sent. They continue to carry out this mission. They continue to model what it means to be about the mission of God. What it means to go and make disciples. Disciples of Jesus today are, are to be like the disciples of Jesus. Ones who were called to be with him. To go in his name. To do his work. To carry out his work. And so churches then become communities around the world that are planted, that are nurtured, that are connected through ministries of, of sending and going for the sake and the name of Christ and the mission of God. And so as disciples, we really have to say, are we ready to be sent? Are we available to be sent? That if we're called to live as Christ's ambassadors, are we even making ourselves available to hear that call? Are we listening to God's call to send us? As followers of Jesus, this is something that all of us are called into. To be sent. To go. And participate not in a church program, not in a church strategy, but called to participate in the mission of God. And yes, we have some programs, and yes, we have some strategies, and we have some methods of, of how we try to do that together, but that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is how can we be sent to participate in the mission of God? How can we be about the things that God is about? How do we help bring reconciliation and restoration to the world around us? How do we help reconcile and restore brokenness in the world around us? And so the first question for us is even... Are we available to even see that? What is it about our lifestyles that allows us to even hear what God is doing around us? 
Are we so busy, so distracted, moving around us that we don't even see God at work? To be sent by God does not mean that we have some geographic destination that we have to go to. God certainly does send some of us to to different geographic areas, but for most of us, God sends us to be here right now. In this gathering, with the people around us, in our neighborhoods, in our place of work, in our families, that God is at work in all of those contexts, all of those places. Will we find ourselves humbly in those places saying, God, send me? And it doesn't mean that we have to be well-trained in the best apologetics. It doesn't mean that we have to have a spiritual gift of evangelism. It doesn't mean that we have to have this great list of qualifications, Because one thing that the story of Scripture tells us is God uses really dumb people. Yes. He uses people that are the least qualified. He just wants us to be present and looking and listening and available. Which in today's world is one of the weirdest things out there, right? Like just to be present and available in this world that is saturated by media, saturated by distraction, consumed with technology, consumed with pointing fingers and dividing and hating and and criticizing. In that world, just to be available and present... That's a miracle in and of itself. And so are we listening and looking to what God is doing? Do we understand the contexts that we're in? Do we understand the neighborhood that we live in? The schools that we participate in? The workplaces that we find ourselves in every day? Or are we looking at those contexts and and understanding those contexts and looking and asking and praying, God, what are you doing in this place? What are you doing in this place to bring about your mission? To bring about your restoration and your reconciliation? What needs to be made new in this place? What is old and broken and needs newness and life? And then what ways can I participate in making that happen? We're all gifted in so many different ways. And that will look different for each and every one of us. For some of us, it's just words of encouragement. For some of us, it's an act of service. For some of us, it's a prayer Some of us, it's a proclamation of the gospel. It's different for each of us. But how will we be present in the context that we're in? As we look at living a life as Christ's ambassadors, we ask the question, 
God, what are you saying to me? And this is the question we continue to ask ourselves. Day after day, God, what are you saying to me? Just pause long enough to even ask that question. And then listen. And be prepared for what he has to say. So when he calls us into something, when he sends us, we've got to be ready to respond as his ambassadors, as his representatives, as ones bringing about his deliverance and bringing about his message, his revelation. Let's be standing together. We're going to spend um, some time in prayer and some time in communion with one another. Um, For those of you that are new or visiting, we have uh, tables prepared along the side of the room over here with, with communion. Some crackers and some juice. These simple, simple things that are reminders to us of who Jesus is. The one that we represent, the one that sends us into the world to be his ambassadors. And so we celebrate this morning the the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And we do this together as a family, as people who are on this journey together, as ones that are a part of this greater mission of God, something bigger than what's going on here. And we're reminded at the table as we break bread together that Jesus is revealed through us to the world around us. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this time. God, as we spend time in prayer with one another and and time at the tables, God, would you continue to reveal yourself to us? Would you continue to reveal your desires for us and your, your love for us? God, show us ways that we can participate in what you're doing. God, show us where we're being sent to be your ambassadors, even in the littlest of places. God, make us available. Make us open, willing, and obedient to your call on our lives to go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.